Welcome to Make It Happen, a podcast for big-hearted creatives who are aching to build impactful, fulfilling, and sustainable creative lives on their own terms and by their own rules every step of the way. I'm Jen Carrington, a creative coach based in the UK, and you're listening to episode two of season six. Today I'm joined by my wonderful friend, Rebecca Warriner, who's the writer behind the lifestyle blog From Roses. Rebecca and I have been close friends for years, and we really walked with each other in the early stages of starting our businesses and have continued to cheer each other on ever since. I wanted to bring her onto the show this season just to have a really honest and fun conversation about her blogging and business journey so far, what she's learned about making the majority of her income through sponsored content, and how she finds a balance between sharing relatable and personal content while still maintaining her privacy too. Rebecca is also super honest in this episode about how she's battled with some serious burnout recently and I just love how honest she was with us about how she's trying to recalibrate and find some better boundaries for herself and her work moving forward. Let's jump in. Hello Rebecca, welcome to the show. Hello. We have just spent um, almost two and a half hours talking, so this is a fake hello. I am so excited to have you on the show because you you would have known all the behind the scenes when I was launching this many years ago. Yeah, I still remember your first episode and I listened to it and I found it so strange because I I obviously know you in real life for a long time. And I was like, it's so weird hearing you talk and then you're not there. And then I couldn't listen to your podcast in the bath because it's like you were there with me. So one of the things I would love to talk to you about today is you had, well, it's really interesting because we both had a similar-ish journey to becoming our own boss mm-hmm. and that's what we really bonded about back when we became friends and you had a really interesting journey to becoming self-employed will you and it must be like such a walk down a long ago memory lane for you but will you share a little bit more about kind of what led you to being self-employed and since then how you've like because you didn't start your business kind of planning to build a business you were kind of like backed forced into the situation from life circumstances but since then you've like really found a home in your business and built an awesome business and it seems to me like you've really like found your feet as a business owner too if that makes sense so yes yeah that big question what share your thoughts so I graduated in 2012 I studied photography in Cheltenham and I graduated it's really funny that I have a photography degree because I didn't want to be a photographer in the slightest I had no interest in it apart from my blog I was still running my blog at the time. I started at university and I really enjoyed that. And it was like my favorite thing to do, right? Because it wasn't what I was meant to be doing. It was basically a massive form of procrastination. I was like, <laughs> I can write about like hairbrushes and not think about all business stuff to do with photography. And then I graduated. I went to work with my sister, who's a teacher, and I worked there for six-ish months and during that time I had some health issues flare back up which happened at university and I just thought it was because I was really stressed like it wasn't really taken seriously I didn't really take it very seriously until it got really serious and I took 11-ish months out of work and during that time like I was doing like bits and bobs and trying to like find my feet like random photography things I was still blogging at at the time and through the guidance of hospital people and other people they were like you should become self-employed it's the best option for you because they knew I had a versatile degree I could make a living they're like you should become self-employed so I did and then just as time went on I became my own boss to manage my own health basically and then over the years my blog became bigger and bigger took on more work and 
kind of led me to the place where it is now. So I I never set out to be a business owner. I never thought I'd be self-employed at all. And it's still something really quite strange. But I love having my own business so much. And I'm so grateful that I did that, and even though it was really hard and I didn't have any money. And it was just a strange journey. But over the years, it, like, turned into something much bigger than I was expecting. And I, like, it's crazy what it's turned into. But finding my home in my business was it's still something now because it was like the beginning of 2014 that I became my own boss and yeah so it's been four years and in that time it's just evolved so much that it's it's kind of unrecognizable from what it used to be and so much has happened in that time that I look back and I'm like whoa that was that's a lot of things to happen and I wasn't expecting it to grow <laughs> yeah I always wonder as well like you know there's a lot of people who will like start a blog and they'll be like I want to be they would want to be where you are now but because you never like I've never once heard you feel like entitled about your career ever like you've never once been like felt entitled to getting campaigns or like make like you've you you're in this situation and you made like lemonade out of like, lemons <laughs> as much as you could and I wonder if you've got the success you have now because you were never kind of forcing it. Like you showed up, you did the work, you did the best you could, and then you actually built something incredible. That do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's really funny how being really young and having health reasons why you can't pursue a normal adult—I'm using I quote say adult life—is one of the most soul-crushing experiences because you feel completely left behind and you feel like, oh my God, am I going to be dependent on everyone else for the rest of my life? But then, and I imagine you feel the same, like I am now kind not grateful for it, but I wouldn't change my life. Out of a crap situation actually comes something that's really wonderful and really special. But I also wonder for you, like by not having that like really focused business plan, did that actually help you organically get to where you are now? Because you've had, you've built such a strong readership and such a strong brand but it's you've put the years in I feel like that is so obvious when you go to your blog is the years that you've put inside does it feel like that for you yeah definitely this is my seventh year of blogging and I'm actually taking a break right now which was a bit out of the blue um but it's the only time apart from once I've ever taken more than like a few days off posting which is really strange for me because I just loved what I was doing so much that it never it never felt hard like I posted that much because I wanted to, because I've never been really business minded. I've never ever sat down and had like a plan. Like I'd plan my content out and that's as much as my plans went, like I don't feel entitled to anything. All I built could end tomorrow and that's fine. Like it'd be really sad and I'd be heartbroken, but I'm not entitled to anything that I've built because everything could disappear tomorrow. And I think it's just making the most and showing up and being really grateful and not being like, well, I didn't get sent this PR package. I'm really upset. Like when I, I even now when I get sent PR packages, especially if it's something that I really, really love, I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah, because even though you know you're not entitled and it would, could all fall apart tomorrow, it never would because you've built, you've built like you, you've taken this like little break now. And even though you freaked out, like anyone would take, but like, but you know that you've built like such solid foundations that will be there for you when you come back because even though you're on a break there's still what thousands of blog posts yeah people, people told me they were going through my archives and I said it on my Instagram that I was taking a break and I wrote a little post about it and I, I didn't expect people to be so kind because I'm not an idiot I know people get really don't really like bloggers and think we're all entitled and lazy and arrogant and I can understand that perception of people because sometimes it can look like that like there's no denying that 
is what the industry can look like, especially when people are really nasty to each other on Twitter. Like it doesn't do the industry any favors to be ripping each other's throats out and having witch hunts every other day. It's not strengthening the blogging world. It just, it makes it look childish and we're not children. Like we're grown women and we're running businesses that should be taken seriously and respected. But if we don't respect each other, then I don't really know how we can expect other people to show that respect to us. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because like you said, you never set out to build a business, but now it is. It's a business. It's your livelihood. What was the moment when you looked at your blog and was like, oh, this this is really something that like has legs and that can felt kind of when you really were like, oh, this this really is a business. Like, can you? Was there a set moment when you yeah, felt like that? Yeah, and you'll laugh because you helped me do it. It's when I moved my blog to Squarespace and it wasn't just one page. It was like multiple layers of a website it became more of a website than a, like a just whole a brand. blog and that was when I started to take it a lot more seriously like I was also paying to move like I pay you pay for Squarespace like to run it and that was a moment where I was like I'm paying for this now like this is coming out of my account and I still wasn't earning like really steady money I was like I have to really factor this into my outgoings like I really need to like put it in but I was never it was never like right I need to earn this much money it was like this is now where it's going like this is how it evolves because it, I sound like an ad for Squarespace I'm not I just really <laughs> love the platform <laughs> but that's when I realized like this is where I take it seriously and each time like now I look at web- my website and I'm like I've created this <laughs> this is mine these are my images these are my words yeah. this is my layout like I've put this all together and it's sometimes weird to look at it and be like that's mine I own that yeah it's so interesting like it's building a business especially if it's been so organic and like you make a really good living from what you do but like you said there's no like I feel like blogging is this new industry where it is a business but it's not typically built like a typical business plan you could you can't start a blog and be like a blog in terms of where you make your living the way you do like through sponsored content and like we're not going to call you an influencer. I imagine you probably really hate that word, but <laughs> if we just use that as a bracket, it's not it's not something you can build the way say you'd build a coaching business or like a design business because yeah. it's a whole new industry and it's the success in your industry comes from like having a design style and building a relationship with readers. It's it's nothing that's ever existed before, and I think it's an industry that baffles people. That's probably why the media is so cruel about bloggers. So what you're, it's really interesting what you're describing your journey because it wasn't the typical business journey of I developed a business plan and it was more I put myself out there and then you responded to the opportunities that came your way. Yeah, my dad allowed me to live at home. Like I was incredibly fortunate that I was able to live there and do that. I know how lucky I am be able to do that because not everybody does but yeah. I was and I I really tried to make the most of it and now I'm I'm more stable I'm on my feet and like I did get there eventually yeah well we both had that like I remember we were both living at home and it's I don't know if you feel like this like when I lived at home I was such like I was so mean to myself like I would just be like you're a failure like I was just so horrible to myself and it's so weird because now looking back I just want to go back and give that version of myself a hug. Yeah. Because it's like, and you, and now whenever anyone asks my story of how I got to where I was, the biggest part of it was I was in crisis. My parents let me live at home and my boyfriend who also, my now husband who was in my boyfriend <laughs> lived with us too. And he worked and he paid for our food and like my phone bill and things like that for like a year because I couldn't. And there's so much privilege in that. 
but it's also out of a tough situation we built something on our own terms yeah and it's one but I just yeah sometimes I feel like I wish I could go back and be like it's okay it's okay to not have it all figured out when you're 22 years old yeah I I really wish I could go back because I think I've never been so horrible to myself as I was in those years and it wasn't a time like I think anyone who's been through a health struggle will know how especially when you're young like I'm incredibly fortunate it could have been so much worse but that's not a great way to look at things it was bad I was in hospital a lot I was incredibly unwell Mm -hmm. and like you were saying like weirdly now I'm grateful for that situation because it led me to a place where like I'm so much happier I've created something really special and I'm providing a living for myself through something I created and the biggest growth period was when it was a horrible time in my life like I hated myself I absolutely despised myself because I thought I'd failed at life at at 22 I'd I'd failed at life and I wasn't going anywhere and I might as well not be around because I was just a failure that was it I'd failed at 22 and that's just ridiculous it is and it's just and I feel like odd story there's so many more people who go through this who had to for one reason or another have not had to pursue life at a normal pace yeah whether it's health or other life circumstances and I feel like it's it's the one type of story that we don't hear about enough or it's one of the types of stories we don't hear about enough because we feel a lot of shame from the story and people who are in it they don't tell it because it's but like like you said we from a tough situation we built something wonderful both of us and it's been so cool because I remember I didn't have a haircut for two you must have thought I looked such a mess I didn't have a haircut for two years because I couldn't afford a haircut and like we'd I remember we'd go out for the day and we'd like like getting the train to come and see each other (laughs) I'm like I remember it like if if anyone listening to this doesn't know me and Jen are really good friends And we used to run an online magazine together and really, really good friends. So we've seen each other and it's incredible to see where each other are now because I wouldn't have liked to have gone through those years like I was. No, I remember I was, so anyone listening, if you know any like of my backstory, I had a mental health breakdown and then I kind of, my business came out on the other side of that and I was, my mental health was so bad that I couldn't like go anywhere by myself so Rebecca would always come to Manchester to visit me and I remember you you were so gentle about it but you were like how would you feel about coming to Nottingham to see me and the first like for the first time in years I did something by myself this is not the conversation I thought we'd have in this call but I think it's also just there's something really special about being able to take a really tough situation and make it work for you and I think it's just both of our journeys are a testament to that and also just being able to have safe space to share that story and be able to say if anyone's listening and they're in a situation where they feel like their life's been taken out of their control you the internet is an incredible tool to build something on your own terms if you want to like you wouldn't you we wouldn't have believed that we'd be here now so you make the majority of your income through sponsored content but something that you do so well is you have a perfect balance between creating content that is still like engaging and readable and fun for your readers while still having a blog that is appealing to brands how have you found that balance and kind of not compromised on the heart of from roses while still having a very like using my fingers here commercial blog I think the most important thing is that I don't use my blog like a diary, which is fine if people do want to use their blogs like diaries. You do what you whatever you want to do with your blog. If you want to make it really commercial, that's fine. You want to make it di- like a diary, that's fine. Like it's just what works for you. But I think it's really important to be a person online, not a not just a, not just appealing to brands because I really celebrate people doing sponsored content. When I see my favorite bloggers doing sponsored content, like with big brands, I I'm 
I'm in awe because I think it's incredible to do that. Um, but I think it's, I do think it's about being a person and showing something that's maybe a like a little bit more vulnerable and just, just being honest. Like, like if you don't like a product, just say it. If you don't like something, say it. Like, you don't have to like everything to be brand worthy. Like, you don't have to be a blank canvas to be brand worthy. I had a big shift last year. I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a blogger anymore. I was, I had a really hard year. I lost quite a bit of money through like companies going into liquidation and it was it was a rough time because I wasn't prepared for it and not only did that make me smart in business and financially but it also made me realize that if I'm going to do this I don't want to just be a carbon copy of what everybody else is doing mm. I think it's really easy to fall into that because you see people being successful and you're like well that's obviously what I need to be like it's obvious why people do it but I decided if you look on my Instagram, it's a lot of like woodland images and a lot of like mm. outdoor shots. And for so long, I never shared any of that because I thought everything had to be white. Everything had to be white and like whitewashed. And I was like, but that's not my life. The moment I said, like, I need to share more of my life. It, as soon as I did that, my income tripled. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Like, it sounds like the, the when you gave yourself a mission to actually fully represent your whole life on the blog then you became more appealing to brands. Yeah, which is really strange because for a long time I was a predominant beauty blogger and I still write about beauty now, but it's not where I make my money. Uh, you assume the money was in beauty, but actually the majority of campaigns you do is like lifestyle campaigns. Yeah, and I never realised that like, lifestyle blogging was such a thing. It's the area of blogging that I love the most and it's where I connect with people the most because it's just having a conversation about life. Like it's having a conversation with your friend. like. I've never felt comfortable pushing products and being like, buy this, it's amazing. Like I'll talk, the majority of my sponsored work is surrounding a campaign where it's got like a core message and that's it. Yeah, and it's not like you have to like buy this one thing. And how do you navigate, like when you get campaigns and like how do you navigate the relationship where you're keeping the brand happy but you're still kind of maintaining that everything you do because I've never seen you do a piece of sponsored content and think like what the fuck is this <laughs> like nothing feels off like it all feels and obviously like your readers seem to really support your sponsored content too like yeah. there, there doesn't seem to be like a disconnection between how they respond to sponsored content and non-sponsored content so how have you managed to kind of hold your own when you've got brands coming to you with briefs how do you find how do you navigate that really fortunately when brands come to me they'll have like a key message that they want to come across as like a campaign message but they'll generally give me a lot of freedom of what like how I want to do it and for example last year I did quite a big project with UGG and because I spend 80% of my time outside with my dog they wanted pictures of me and Josie which oh, it's just perfect. my dream it's my dream project like I couldn't wish for anything better so like they wanted what I was already doing so I was incredibly fortunate, but mostly I'll tell them what I think could work for me and my readers. They're always really respectful of that. I've always been really lucky with the brands that I've worked with and the messages that they want. Yeah, is it, have you like, because in this past year, like you said, you've got so much more work. Do you feel different now? And like, do you feel more solid in knowing how to like navigate campaigns and like kind of get like find that nice balance between doing what they want, but you also taking control of the situation too? Yeah, there are definitely campaigns that I will turn down if it's very 
product heavy or I don't like the message or I don't like the brand, I will just say no straight out the gate. Because doing what I do for a job, I don't know if maybe people understand this, but often you're turning down a huge amount of money, which could pay your bills for the rest of the year because it doesn't line up with what your ethics are. And that's incredibly hard. But it also feels really good when you work with brands who do understand what your ethics are and do understand what your brand is because that's my name out there and I'm not going to ruin seven years of really hard work for one campaign. Yeah, but you know, I I always, the people who do sponsor content really well, they all say that it's like, I will not do something just for the money because what's the point in damaging your relationship with your readers? And I wonder for you, the more you've kind of established what From Rose is about and the more you've put yourself into it, the more brands can look at your brand and they actually want to work with From Roses for a specific reason. Yeah, definitely. Like, for example, you're getting Ugg, who wants to collaborate with you specifically for you being outdoors with your dog. That's so yeah. cool that they've connected with you in that way. Yeah, definitely. Like, I remember when that came, like, campaign came into my inbox and I was, like, I was so excited. It was also, like the biggest campaign I'd worked with financially and that was incredibly exciting for me obviously it's not just about money but what they were asking for and the fact that I was being paid for it is something that's incredible it's it's really interesting and but then when I work with clients or meet people who maybe they've built up enough of a platform they have maybe like a certain amount of Instagram followers or blog readers and they want to explore sponsored content but it feels like it feels like a world with the doors closed and it, I feel like people on the outside feel like you have to be only the special people get through whereas yeah. for you the way you talk about it it just like you you're not like you live a normal life but you get to do these awesome campaigns and it's kind of like hearing you talk about it, it's like it's just putting yourself out there and building relationships that lead to good work yeah I mean I always think there is an element of law mm. kind of I don't really like that phrase because I've worked really hard and I feel like saying, well, I'm just lucky kind of, it's like I've not bothered. Yeah, it's so interesting Like that like you're in this amazing position where, like you said, you're getting campaigns coming to you that are like handpicked for you. You're not having to like hustle for the campaigns. And I really wonder if it's because it, you have been doing this for seven years, seven years of establishing a brand and establishing a readership and establishing your identity. And if, you know, no one's going to start a blog and in three months down the line, I don't think they could be where you are now. I think it comes with time and really establishing your brand. Like the bloggers that I follow, I rarely follow anyone who's been blogging less than a year. I think now because people know it, a lot of bloggers do make good money. A lot of bloggers don't make good money. Mm. It's not one paycheck for all. And bloggers get paid different amounts on what their following is. It's not just one amount for each. Mm. That's not how it works. Because for example, I won't get paid as much as somebody with like, a million Instagram followers. <laughs> I'm not under any illusion that I do. Um, sometimes I'll do campaigns with a very, very tiny budget, but it's something that I believe in and I want to work on. And I think not putting so much financial like stress on a campaign is a quite a big thing because I never want to get to a point where I'm like, well, I'm not doing that for less than that. I never ever want to have that attitude towards sponsored content because I don't think it's I think you should be paid if you're doing work, but I don't believe in having a little bit of an attitude towards it. Yeah, it sounds like you really see sponsored content as a collaboration with the company, not as like a like not as like a well you give me money and I'll do this. It sounds like for you it really feels like a collaboration with each person you work with. Yeah, because I really appreciate when brands come to me 
this happened a few times last year. A brand had come to me and they're like, we're just being really upfront. We haven't got a big budget. We've got this. And I'm like, that's absolutely fine. What I don't like is when brands have a list of things that they want, but won't be clear if they have any budget or not, make it really difficult for you to find out. That's something I don't find very helpful on either side. I think it's about having a good relationship with what you're, who you're working with and making those like grounds clear. I think you have to have a good relationship with the PRs that you're working with and the like marketing teams. I think it's really, really important and not something I hear being focused on enough. Yeah, it's like built on mutual respect. It sounds like they respect what you do, but you also respect what they do. Yeah, because I know, for example, there have been a lot of occasions where not being paid on time is a very common topic and it happens a lot and I think not coming into somebody's inbox really aggressive and horrible yes I haven't been paid yes I have bills to pay it's very upsetting it's very frustrating and really scary like this is my livelihood I can't afford to miss a big chunk of money but just coming into somebody's inbox and being polite and not aggressive could work wonders and I don't think it I don't think it's good in any industry like not just blogging like just be nice just realize you're talking to a person not a screen yeah no it's so interesting it's like even though you've built this business now you've not lost the human like the Rebecca like it's not like it's gone to your head you know what I mean like it's like you're still Rebecca like no it's but it's it's so interesting because I think you are a place and you're in an industry where people like it's very unknown to people like they they blogging's like this like it's this unless you're in it people are like what what is that how does it work and it's like yeah. hearing yeah okay so I'm gonna change track a little bit and talk more about your content so you have this wonderful way you share like such honest and vulnerable stories of a life you've talked about your mental health you've talked about the loss of your mum you talk about figuring your life out in your 20s like loads of personal things but it never feels it never feels invasive for me to read it like it never feels like you're oversharing or like I know too much about your life like you honor your privacy but while still sharing like honest true meaningful stories like how have you found that balance between being honest and real and sharing your truth on your blog but still honoring your privacy and kind of honor protecting yourself from oversharing I think it's easy to overshare, but I think it's how you share what you want to talk about. Like, I have this rule, and I know you have the same rule. Is if I don't feel at peace with something, with something in my life, I don't share it online. Because ultimately, you are opening yourself up to a lot of criticism, because anyone can read it, and anyone can comment. Like, I've never allowed anonymous comments on my blog, mm-hmm. just because I don't really see the need for them. If someone has something to say, they can put a name. But I think it's about being a person online, and especially working with brands like sometimes I worry like they're gonna be like well I don't want to work with her like she writes about (laughs) having CD and she writes about having really down days and like she's wrote about grief and things like that and writing about those things I think there is a way to do it without sharing all the details like I talked about what OCD I had but I didn't write about every single thing that happens because I just don't think that's helpful for anybody and I think there's the personal details of my life that no one needs to know. Like I wrote about living with my boyfriend for a really long time. I didn't share anything about my boyfriend. Like that's my relationship. Mm-hmm. That's my life. But I don't need, I don't need, I don't feel the need to share it basically. And I feel like that with a lot of personal topics, you can write about the topic and be open and honest, but you don't need to write about every single little detail like I have written about grief quite a lot and that took me a while to do but I found it really like therapeutic for me to write it down because 
I wish I'd read something like that when I was finding like losing my mum really hard because I was really angry because my mum had died and she didn't deserve to die Mm. that's a very common feeling with grief like you are really angry that this person's gone you can't do anything about it why have they died like it's hard but like you don't need to give every single aspect of yourself to be open and honest I think it's about finding that balance and I think it's just about doing it in a way that feels right to you and when when I started to write I remember the first post I wrote about was like having a good relationship with yourself that was the first lifestyle post I ever wrote and I still remember it now and I got an amazing response for it and I this was at a time where I had a thousand followers on blog blogging <laughs> and I got like over a hundred comments a post and looking back on that now that's a lot mm. like 10 percent of readers are commenting <laughs> and like they were really like well like thought out comments and a big thing for me is that I always I always will I will always respond to my comments like it does take a lot of time I'm not denying that I understand why people don't because it's such a big time thing but for me if I don't have that relationship with my readers and I don't have a blog because they are the ones who make it me able to run my blog as a business and if I don't give them the respect that they deserve just like they respect me then I'm just doing it as a hobby then no because your readers are like you know like I have to take care of my clients like like and for you you kind of have two clients you have your like your your sponsorships who you are like your brands you are, but then your reader without your readers none of it would exist so like to take care of them is everything and I think like sharing about OCD and like all those things, like that is what makes people feel less alone and destigmatizes these things. Like, like for example, when you're like, oh my God, I'm scared to share this. What if brands don't want to work with me because I've got OCD? Which is, you know, that's a crazy thought, but it's what you feel anyway because of the stigma that exists with mental health. Yeah. But by sharing those things, people feel less alone. Like it sounds crazy, but you can change someone's life by sharing that because what if in that moment they're like, oh, I'm okay. I'm not alone in this. Yeah. But without oversharing, you don't risk your own healing process. You don't make someone feel uncomfortable by oversharing. It's like, it sounds like your content, which is personal, is very thought out and you have like a boundary that you know not to cross. And I bet your readers feel safe because of that too. They know they can come to your blog and read something personal, but not feel traumatized by it too, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I I think some people write really incredible like moving pieces about something the traumatic that's happened and that obviously is something that works for them and works for their readers but I I personally don't feel comfortable sharing like really intimate details yeah that must be you've created such a clear boundary between what's yours and what's your blogs it's kind of like it's not that you have a persona on your blog but like I I will read your blog and the relationship I have with Rebecca the blogger is different to Rebecca I have the human. Does that make sense? Yeah. And like that's nice. That must feel so safe for you because you're, if someone comes to your blog and it's like, not that they ever would, but like, I hate this. It doesn't matter because that's not, you and your life is not who you are on your blog. Yeah, definitely. Like there are plenty of people who don't like me online. That's (laughs) fine. Like we can't like everyone. Like, I know why people strive for it because it's not nice to know that people don't like you but it's really important to realize it's okay for people not to like you that's fine it's obviously if people are being really aggressive and doing really scary things when it's not it's how people 
report that across that they don't yeah. like you. Yeah, if you don't, yeah. Okay, taking another track now. So something you wrote, and it's like, this is actually really timely because you've just taken a break. So it'd be interesting to hear yeah. how this feels now that you're in the middle of your break. Like you recently wrote a post about why being busy turned you into a crappy person, and it was so funny as I was reading it because you said that a friend had texted you <laughs> and said that they were so used to you not texting them back anymore. And I was like, that's me. I said that. And I felt so bad. But it was just this very... I don't think I've ever seen someone write so honestly with like, yeah, I was, I'm not happy with how I've been showing up in these certain areas of my life. And it was so self-aware and it was so, I was like, it was just really, I thought it was really brave of you to say that. And then also, so you wrote this post about how being busy, you felt like it had turned you into a crappy person. I don't personally believe that you're a crappy person. And then you've taken this break right now to kind of give yourself space to just get back on top of things. Like, what is your experience being of kind of how being busy has affected you and how do you really what's kind of your hopes moving forward for how to kind of change your approach to how busy affects you and your life yeah I did write a post like that it was because of what you said (laughs) it was a good thing because we have a really good friendship where you can say something like that and I'm not like deeply offended like I knew I was being a crappy friend and I wasn't showing up to a friend when I should be and that's like I hate using the excuse that I'm busy I don't think it's an excuse like everyone is busy everyone has commitments everyone has to work and it's just like I didn't take time off over Christmas like at all and I should have because it's Christmas but I didn't I had like commitments and I had to do them and I was sitting on Christmas day and all I thought was about was like I'm really enjoying Christmas Day with my family, but I, I really need to do some work and things like that. And work is important, but I don't think it's more important than a really special day with, like, my family because we rarely all sit together and, like, eat dinner. And, like, it was my first Christmas with Josie, and if you hadn't guessed now, I really adore my dog, and she's really important to me. <laughs> and it was really special to me to do that. And it was my my first Christmas living with my boyfriend properly and we bought a Christmas tree and like we decorated properly like and I wasn't enjoying any of it properly because I was I was really busy working and I had a lot of things to do and it did make me into a really crappy person and I can easily admit that because I know like you know when you're not being a good well I think most people know when they're not (laughs) being a great person it is hard to admit it and say to your partner or say to your friends, like, I'm sorry I've not been here. Like, you know this. Like, there's been times in our friendships where we've not seen each other for months. And, like, it's about having a good friendship with someone and being, like, it being okay. Because there is so much more to life than work. I know people have to work hard. I don't agree with people sitting on the internet and saying, well, it doesn't matter, just take a break. Like... I, I don't think that's helpful to anybody because we all know that but I think it's wearing like busy is like a badge of honor and if you're not busy then you're obviously lazy and there's a really weird where's the in-between where's going to work and doing other things like where's that it's always really interesting I always find for everyone like because you've you've had this incredible season business-wise mm-hmm. it's set it eats into your life like everyone has this like moment of so you've had the 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 awesome opportunities and the awesome success but now it's like wait a minute where's my life gone (laughs) and everyone has this moment of like wait 
So now you've got this time off and you're taking a, and you're just like, it's like now you get to decide, well, how do I want the work to fit into the life? Because the biggest thing I've learned from our friendship is that you've got to trust the friendship. Like you've got to trust yeah. the friendship and not make assumptions. And, but it's like, and show some, sometimes you've got to show the people you love grace when they're in a season of figuring something really tough out, like figuring that balance out because you're in that right now. But what I think is so exciting for you is you have given yourself permission to be like, yeah, I need to be able to actually shower and get on with my life properly. So I'm giving myself space to do that. <laughs> like I was really busy and it's, I, I chose to take on those projects. Like I, I'm, no one was forcing my hand, but it's, it's just how being your own boss works. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're really, really busy and sometimes you're not like it comes in ebbs and flows. Like in, in my line of work, especially it's not just one thing. Like it is all over the place and no day's the same. And I love that, but it can also be incredibly stressful. And if there's no security in a really, really traditional job, there's not any in mine either. And, maybe that's okay and maybe it's okay to be okay with that and not try and make it into something that is not yeah and like and I think especially when you're self-employed people don't give themselves a break and take on so much work because they're so afraid in case it dries up so it sounds like surrendering to that a little bit means that you can find a better balance like being okay with the unknown means that you can say no next Christmas to actually take a few days off and trust that everything yeah. will be okay on the other side of that yeah, like taking a break is really scary because it's not something I've done in five years. And I don't say that to be like, look at me, I've worked so hard. Like, I've just worked hard and that's like, I'm not going to deny that I haven't worked hard. But I've also got to the point where I need to reset myself a little bit. If I can take one thing out of my life, which is just not posting for a little bit. I'm going to do it because I'm my own boss. I have to make those decisions. If I felt like that in a traditional work sense, I'd probably get sent home sick. Like, so I'm giving myself sick leave and some time off. It probably does sound obnoxious to some people that I've taken some time off, but it's my choice. Like, I, it's what I'm doing. I think everyone listening who's self-employed will either be like, hell yeah, or they'll be like, oh my God, do I, I also have a mission to do that because I think you're right. Like in any of the traditional workplaces you have, well, in good traditional workplaces, yeah, you, have the infra- you have the infrastructure to do that. And I just think, I think it's awesome for you that you're giving yourself that. I think you, I think it's you just, you're choosing yourself over choosing external, pleasing external people, external things. And I think it's going to make your life better. And I think it's just, I think it's encouraging for people to hear that because they know, wait, if they're having, I think with mental health, it goes, I think about this a lot mental health like when you live a mental health illness you don't really realize I don't think how much it affects the business like yeah people it's really and then if it does people feel I think people can feel like a lot of shame or struggle around that And I think we need to actually talk more about being a business owner with mental health any type of mental health illness because it's such an interesting blend of the two because the business can trigger so much and I think then we there's an extra layer of taking care of ourselves as a business owner for me personally for my mental health I need space yeah. that's why I take a lot of time off when I have a lot of white space because that's what my mind and because I have physical health conditions that's what it needs and I think it's just I think it'll be really encouraging for people to hear what you just shared because it's so true but it's also like you're, so many people are going through that but not responding to it in the way they need to because they're scared it's really easy when you're self-employed your business to take over your entire life because I am my business without me my business doesn't exist but for my business to do well 
I have to be somewhat well. Like, there, it's really easy to fight against it because there is a lot of guilt about being self-employed. You feel like you need to meet these traditional standards, which I'm trying to break away from, but you have to tell yourself it's okay. Like, I definitely text Jen when I was like, I'm thinking about taking this time off. Have I lost my mind? And she was like, no, you haven't. That's fine. Like, you're your own boss. Yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head. Like, like having time outside the business to be a person. That's everything. Like, my favourite thing in the world is, like, a weekend where I don't open my laptop and we just, like, spend the whole weekend with our friends or we go on a walk and I just get to be me outside of the work and then no stress. So, yes, I think if there's any takeaway from this episode for people, it's like, are you giving yourself space to be a person? Not just a business owner. Which is really, really hard. And I can relate to everybody who sat there saying, I can't do that. Because I said to Jen before, one of my biggest dreams was to take a week off work. And that's all I wanted, was to take a week off work. And now I'm, prob- now I'm taking three weeks off work, which is a really big thing for me. <laughs> like It sounds slightly terrifying. And I know more than likely I will return before April. But I three weeks off work is a big big thing when you're self-employed I know how terrifying it is like I look at my inbox and I'm like am I gonna make any money like the fear is there it doesn't go away but you can't guarantee if you're gonna make money if you're putting out content or not when you're a blogger that's not really how it works like some people post a lot less than I do and make a lot more money that's just how it works like it's not one size fits all in this industry as any industry really it's not just blogging it's any type of work but I'm excited for you. <laughs> I'm excited to like see how you feel in a few weeks and what's like yeah okay as we're ending all episodes this season with some quick five questions are you ready yes okay what is the best book that you've read recently if you've had I time really to read like- books <laughs> I really liked when breath becomes air I'm pretty sure that's what it's Did called it made you cry it made me weep like a baby yeah and I also really liked Very British Problems, which was just a really fun book. My sister bought me. <laughs> she knew she. I really liked the TV show. But it was just, like, if you're British, you will know there's certain things about living in the UK that are just weird. But it makes living here really, like, fun, <laughs> weirdly. <laughs> like saying sorry if someone bumps into you. It's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that you bumped yeah, into me. Yeah, you just apologise all the time for nothing. And it's it's all those things that just... And all we talk about is the weather because... <laughs> and we all hate the rain. Yeah, there is so much rain. How are we not used to it by now? Okay, if you could have a coffee date with one of your creative heroes or inspirations that are alive, who would it be? I'm going to say bloggers and one photographer who like has nothing to do with my industry she's dead but she's called Vivian Meyer and I just loved I just love her work and there are other photographers as well I'd love to meet Tim Walker just because he's incredible and shoots most of the Joe Malone images um I'd love to meet him but there's a couple of bloggers I really like to meet Liv from what Olivia did just and Carrie from Wish 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 they're both friends so maybe I could like <laughs> just because I followed them for so long and I admire them so much in a non like creepy way I just love what they I love who they are online Mm. and they're the people that I want to be in that genre of they're really personable but they don't put all their like Mm. 
I call it like dirty laundry like they don't get <laughs> every detail of their life like when Carrie showed her wedding like I just sat there like bawling my eyes <laughs> out at it. just because when you follow someone for so long you do develop like sentimental like value to them yeah. and I'd really like to meet Neil from like Neil love because she's like my oldest blogging friend and I've known her for seven ish years wow. six ish years and she lives in Australia and I'm really hoping she might listen to this but I've just known her for so long and it's weird that I've never met her <laughs> she's never even heard my voice <laughs> Well, she will now. <laughs> in another life, then, what is a job completely different to what you do now? Anything you've done that you think you would have been really awesome at? A vet. <laughs> you would be an when amazing kid, vet, but you'd I cry. I would be a vet. But you would cry the whole kid, time. I was really scared of vets and dogs, <laughs> not vets. I was really scared of dogs, which is really funny now if you follow me at all online because you will know that I think dogs are the greatest things on the planet <laughs> because they are like I would live in a world of dogs not humans but I think I'd be a vet or I would say personal shopper but I worked in retail for too long so I kind of have done that <laughs> um, yeah I think I'd be a vet you would be a wonderful vet like that. or or because I watched too, way too much Grey's Anatomy, which is totally Jen's fault, um, I would be a surgeon. Yeah, for me, like if I if I could go back and be a smarter version of myself, I I would love to be Meredith Grey and like have like that life. But I also am really aware that it's probably not like that if you're actually a real surgeon. Yeah, I always think it must be really annoying for people who work in the medical industry, and someone's like, "I watch Grey's Anatomy." So I know what you yeah. No. <laughs> And finally, so if everyone listening, if they don't follow you in your work and if they could go do one thing to connect with you, where should they go? Probably to my blog, which is just from roses.co.uk. You can email me or comment, or if not, Instagram is a good place to see what I'm doing. If you if you want to see some nice flat lays and some pictures <laughs> of my dog, and you should follow my dog online because he doesn't love a whip it. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for taking the time out of pretty much all of your evening to come and do this with me. Well, thank you for having me. And there we have it, today's episode. If you'd like to find out more about Rebecca and the awesome work she's doing in the world, head over to makeithappenpodcast.com where you can dive into this episode's show notes and all past episodes too. And if you'd like more from me, head over to jencarrington.com where you can explore all of the content I create for big-hearted creatives just like you. More than anything, thank you so much for listening along today and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day ahead. Keep on doing the awesome work you're doing in the world and I'll be rooting for you always.